is the Homestead Journey Podcast, the podcast dedicated to the pursuit of self-sufficiency, self-reliance, and sustainability. This is episode number 74 of the Homestead Journey Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am so glad that you have found us, that you are taking time out of your busy schedule to join us here on the Homestead Journey. My name is Brian Wells. I'm coming to you from 3B Farm and Homestead here in beautiful upstate New York. And folks, let's just jump right on into this week's Homestead Happenings, and I will bring you up to date with what we've been doing here on 3B Farm and Homestead. This week, I have been dealing with an escapee. One of my pigs, Betswine Ross, one of my favorite pigs ever, has discovered how to escape their area. Initially, I thought what she was doing was pushing through the perimeter fence where I have electric run. I hadn't turned the electric back on. I hadn't walked the fence just to see what had happened over the winter. And so when she escaped, I think it was for the second time because I'm not all that smart. (laughs) (laughs) usually it takes me a couple of times before I learn my lesson, but I think it was after the second time she escaped this week, I went ahead and walked the fence and plugged in the electric. And I thought, all right, now I've, I've gotcha. And then a couple of days later, in fact, I think it was yesterday. I was on my way to go pick up our son from a day of teaching skiing at the local mountain. And as I was pulling out of the driveway, I realized that the fence to the geese and the duck area was knocked down. Their feeder was flipped over, was almost empty. And I'm thinking, what in the world would have done that? And then I thought, oh no, knucklehead is out again. And sure enough, there she came trotting up over the hill with that smug look on her face. (laughs) And this time she followed me. She is so well-trained. She just followed me right down over the hill. No bucket, no anything, just followed me right back into her pen where she was supposed to be as if nothing had happened. Well, I think what she was doing, there's one section of the fence, the perimeter fence, that is hog panel. And I don't have electric on the inside of it by design. And that's because that's an area where I wanted to allow the pigs to come in and out if I needed to. And it just isn't conducive for me to put electric there so that I can unhook it so that we can kind of make that transition. And what I found is that it was a little bit loose on the T-post there. And they were kind of, it's the area where I feed them. And I think what they were doing was just knocking that fence up to be able to get to the feed that maybe got blown underneath the fence. And she is smaller than Bear and Sage, the two bigger pigs that are in that paddock. And so I think she was slipping out underneath there. So I went ahead and secured that better yesterday. I actually put a piece of board in there, wedged a a board in there. It's not real pretty, but she stayed where she was supposed to be today. And so knock, knock on wood, I've got Betswine Ross locked back where she's supposed to be. But she certainly had a tummy full yesterday because she really did a number on the uh, feeder there for the geese and the ducks. It kind of reminds me that I haven't given you an update on that feeder lately. And 
it's not really worked out as well as I had hoped. I need to remake it. Uh, there were a couple of times when I was getting ready to bring it back into the house and I slipped and I fell and it kind of broke it up a little bit. And so I bought another tote and I'm going to redrill the holes and then we'll see how it works from there. It seems like they're getting a little bit of food out onto the ground, but the food waste isn't as bad. Um, but it is tough to judge because, well, uh, when you go to move it in and out, food's kind of dribbling out of the bottom where I've broken it. So anyhow, I'll, I'll keep you up to date on that as I remake it. And hopefully it will, it will work out a little better. But I didn't really want to remake it while it was still icy out because I figured I'm just going to remake it, slip, fall down, and smash it again. So anyhow, that's the update on that feeder. Uh, it's been a while since I've, I've provided you with an update. And so there it is. As far as seed starting goes right now, the only thing in my seed starting system are my onions and they are, they're looking pretty good overall. One variety has not sprouted yet. It's a variety called evergreen bunching onions and not a single one of those has sprouted, but everything else has sprouted well. And I have pictures up on our Facebook and Instagram site. So if you don't follow us on Facebook or Instagram, the links are in the show notes. Give us a like, give us a follow. That'll keep you up to date with what we're doing here on 3B Farm and Homestead throughout the week. As far as other things that will be going into the seed starting system, I'm trying to finish up my garden plan. And so that way I'll know how many peppers I need to start because that's really the next thing that I'll be starting in there. I'll know how many tomatoes that I'll need to start. That's kind of the next thing after that. And so I did spend quite a bit of time this week working on my garden plan. And uh, once I'm done recording this episode and get it edited and get it put up on the web, then I'll hopefully get that garden plan finished up tonight. And tomorrow evening after work, I will go ahead and get some more seeds started in the seed starting system. The other thing I wanted to provide you an update with is the bedroom that we are dealing with because of the mold issue that we had. And this week I was able to get the insulation in place. My in-laws actually came up to visit this week. We hadn't seen them. We hadn't seen them since I believe September. They were planning on coming up for Thanksgiving and then they were planning on coming up for Christmas and both of those visits got canceled because of COVID. And so it was really great to see them. But what I ended up doing was putting the insulation up this week so that they would be able to stay in our room and it wouldn't be too cold and drafty. So now we're just waiting for uh, the guy who is going to be doing the drywall and the window replacement for us. He's also going to be replacing some sheathing on the outside just to make sure that that doesn't have residual mold that we can't see. And then um, I'm looking forward to getting things put back together because right now our our uh, living room is just filled with totes of clothes and knickknacks and this and that that we've pulled out. And so I'm just going to be happy to getting things back to normal, whatever normal is, <laughs> but uh, looking forward to that. And so hopefully here in the next couple of weeks, he will be uh, be able to get uh, that project wrapped up for us. As I said, my in-laws came to visit this week. It was so great to see them. We celebrated my, my mother-in-law's 86th birthday. And so it was really, really special. 
that we were able to spend uh, that that time with them this week and to celebrate uh, her birthday and just so blessed that uh, in the midst of this pandemic, God has been gracious to us and uh, we don't take that for granted at all. Thankful that both my wife's mom and dad are still with us and my mom and dad are still with us. And so we have much to be thankful for. I hope things are well where you are at and that you are looking forward to spring and that uh, things are going well on your homestead. All right, before we jump on over to this week's Charting the Course, a few announcements. First of all, if you are interested in supporting the show, you can do so in a number of different ways. If you haven't already, please jump on over to iTunes or your favorite podcasting platform and leave me a review or a rating. I would greatly appreciate that. And then if you haven't already and you feel so inclined, I would really appreciate it if you would share the show with your friends and relatives and maybe even your enemies. (laughs) But anybody that you think might find the show helpful, I would really appreciate it if you would share this with them. And a number of you have been doing that. I really do greatly appreciate it. Finally, if you want to support the show financially, you can jump on over to our website, thehomesteadjourney.net slash shop. And there you will find a list of affiliate links to some products that we use here on the homestead. And not only do we use them, we recommend them. We think you might find them helpful. And so definitely give that um, a look-see, shall we say. And there you will also find a link to our t-shirt shop. So if you haven't already checked out those designs, do that. And uh, again, all of those things will help support the show and keep me doing what I'm doing. So just a few quick announcements with regards to the podcast itself. I have some interviews booked coming up here in the next couple of weeks that I'm just very, very excited about some great guests that are going to be joining me here on the Homestead Journey podcast. So you're not going to want to miss an episode, not that you ever would want to miss an episode, but I've got some really exciting guests coming up and I think you're really going to enjoy those episodes. I also am working on a couple of projects and I'm not ready to make the full announcement yet, but in the next couple of weeks, I've got some things in the works that I think are going to really be very beneficial to your homestead journey. So not again, not that you would ever want to miss an episode of the Homestead Journey podcast, but certainly over the next couple of weeks, keep an eye out on our social media accounts and definitely be listening to the podcast because I've got some some things that I think are going to be very, very exciting and very helpful to you. And uh, so just keep an eye out for that. All right, folks, let's jump on over to this week's Charting the Course. On today's episode, I am going to try to answer the question, should your homestead make money? And I'm also going to give you right off the bat my simple answer to that. And that is maybe. (laughs) So let me kind of give you the backstory to why I thought it would be important to talk about this question today. This week on one of the Facebook groups, as I was scrolling through and spending probably far too much time on Facebook than I really should, uh, I saw someone who was sharing an all too common story that I see. 
And it was someone who said, we closed on XYZ number of acres in the middle of Timbuktu. We're going to be moving in two months. How should we fund this venture? What do you do on your homestead to make money? And quite frankly, folks, when I see those stories, there's part of me that is excited for that individual, but there's also a part of me that feels like maybe they haven't thought this through as well as they should have, or maybe they have some bad information. They have the incorrect perspective as to what it means to be a homesteader. You see, I think some people have in the back of their minds this idea that they're going to move to the country and it's going to be this idyllic type situation where they're going to develop this homestead from raw land and they're going to live happily ever after. And they may live happily ever after, I don't know, but they've got to figure out a way to fund the venture. And if you don't have a great solid business plan, when you go into this, you're going to find yourself, in my opinion, way in over your head financially. Now, maybe you've saved up a lot of money and if you have great on you, but I think for most people, they're going to have to work an off-farm job. And that's something that I think some people see as being a, almost a, call it a dirty word, but you're not a real homesteader if you work an off-farm job. But the fact of the matter is you're going to have to have a revenue stream of some sort. I'm going to say something right now that is probably a bit controversial, but it is really what I truly believe. And that is, I don't think that it is possible to be a full-time homesteader. I don't think that it is possible to just live off the land. Now, if that offends you or if that torts you a little bit, please hear me out on this. And if you disagree with me, certainly I'd be happy to have a dialogue with you. Reach out to me, Brian at thehomesteadjourney.net. I'd be very happy to have a conversation with you about this. But I really sincerely don't believe that it is possible to be a full-time homesteader. And if that is what your dream is, then I think you may be barking up the wrong tree. So hear me out on this. Let me make my case. And then maybe at the end, you'll agree. Maybe you will disagree, but at least hear me out. (laughs) Now, can your homestead generate revenue? Well, certainly it could. You can grow vegetables and sell them. You can sell eggs. You can sell piglets or pork. You could sell meat chickens. But that's not something that's going to happen overnight. And if you're somebody who is brand new to all of this stuff, there's going to be a lot of trial and error and perhaps more error than trial. And so if you are expecting that this is going to be the way that you're going to support your family right out of the gate, that's quite frankly, probably not going to happen. It takes time to build up a clientele that is going to be willing to buy vegetables or to buy meat from you, to buy eggs. And if you're putting in place infrastructure and you're building this homestead from raw land, that's a lot of investment, capital improvements that you're going to have to fund. And certainly 
your first couple of years, I would highly doubt that you're going to see profitability in the range that is going to offset those costs. But at this point, I think you could also ask the question, if you are growing vegetables as a means of supporting your family, are you a homesteader at this point or are you a farmer who homesteads? Now, other ideas, things that you might be able to do on your homestead to generate revenue could be things like making knives or making soap or woodcraft or maybe baking things and selling those at uh, a farmer's market or maybe making jams and jellies. But at this point, the question could be asked, are you a homesteader or are you now an entrepreneur who homesteads? Now, some people look at the at the Rhodes family, Justin and Rebecca Rhodes, or they look at Art and Bree, or they look at Doug and Stacy at Off Grid with Doug and Stacy, and they say, well, look at them. They're full-time homesteaders. But my question is, are they really full-time homesteaders, or are they content creators that homestead? I bring all of this up because, again, I think sometimes people have this very unrealistic view of what homesteading is and how it is funded. And I think that sometimes people see off-homestead employment as a barrier to living their homestead dreams. Now, for some people, this truly might be the case. If you are someone who desires to run your own business or to have a small farm or to be a content creator, then you may just be biding your time at a day job until you can develop your side hustles into revenue streams that can support your family. Certainly nothing wrong with that. But I also think that for many people working a full-time off-homestead job is well within their homestead journey goals. And that is also okay. Your homestead does not have to make you money. You don't need to feel pressured to leave your day job and become a full-time homesteader, at least in my opinion. Now, perhaps this is me just trying to justify my existence. As you know, I work a full-time off-homestead job. And there have been times when I thought, what it, what would it look like for me to quit my off-homestead job and do this full-time. And quite frankly, as I think about that, I'm not sure that's what I want. I actually enjoy my day job. It works well within my schedule. It works well for how I live my life. And so I'm not going to say that I never will quit my day job and do something like this full-time, but right now I'm very happy working an off homestead job and doing the homesteading thing in the evenings and on the weekends. And so if you're somebody who also finds yourself in that boat, I would say to you, there's nothing at all wrong with that. I would also say to you that if you are thinking that leaving your day job is going to free you up to focus more on your homestead, I think that you are misinformed. Again, there's a lot of people who are in the homesteading thing who are starting YouTube channels and podcasts and this and that and the other thing, thinking that that's going to be their way of generating revenue for their homestead. And it may very well be, but if you talk to those who are 
full-time content creators, they will tell you that they dedicate far more hours each day to recording content and editing content than they would if they worked a full-time off-farm job. And so if your reason for quitting your full-time off-farm job is simply to free you up time-wise to dedicate more time to your homestead, that may not be the case. You know, for a while, I made YouTube videos, not very well, and there's a reason why I no longer do them. But what I found is that depending on your style of content creation, recording content can double or triple the amount of time it actually takes to accomplish a task. And again, that certainly does not account for the amount of time that you're going to spend in editing content and then marketing it. And I think the same could be said about those who are entrepreneurs, those who are making knives, making soap, making jams and jellies, making baked goods, or those who are market gardeners. They dedicate far more time to those pursuits than they would working an off-farm job. And then they still have to do the whole homesteading thing on top of it. Now, again, I am not trying to squelch anyone's dream. If your dream is to be self-employed, then developing some type of homestead-based business may be a part of your homestead journey. Just make sure that you have a solid business plan before you quit your day job and move to the country. But don't feel like your homestead has to make you money. If you're content working an off-farm job while raising and growing your own food, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Follow your path, live out your journey, accomplish your homesteading goals, and I think you'll be all right. So folks, that's it for this week's episode. If you've enjoyed it, I'd love to hear from you, Brian at thehomesteadjourney.net. If you disagree with me, again, Brian at thehomesteadjourney.net, I'd be glad to talk this through with you. You can also reach out to me on all of our social media accounts. The links are in the show notes. As always, the music on this episode was provided by audionautics.com. So a big shout out to them. And until next time, everybody, keep up the good work.